The Bible Study Podcast, episode 250. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of 2 Samuel with chapter 7. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. If you've been listening to the Bible Study Podcast for a while, I want to thank you since this is a milestone. Episode 250 is much further than I thought we would ever get. Jumping back into 2 Samuel, we continue on with this section of six chapters where things are going right for David. 2 Samuel 7, God's promise to David. After the king was settled in his palace and the Lord had given him rest from all his enemies around him, he said to Nathan the prophet, Here I am, living in the house of cedar, while the ark of God remains in a tent. Nathan replied to the king, Whatever you have in mind, go ahead and do it, for the Lord is with you. But that night the word of the Lord came to Nathan, saying, Go and tell my servant David, this is what the Lord says. Are you the one to build me a house to dwell in? I have not dwelt in a house from the day I brought the Israelites up out of Egypt to this day. I have been moving from place to place with a tent as my dwelling. Wherever I have moved with all the Israelites, did I ever say to any of their rulers whom I commanded to shepherd my people Israel, Why have you not built me a house of cedar? Now then, tell my servant David, this is what the Lord Almighty says. I took you from the pasture, from tending the flock, and appointed you ruler over my people Israel. I have been with you wherever you have gone, and I have cut off all your enemies from before you. Now I will make your name great, like the names of the greatest men on earth. And I will provide a place for my people Israel, and will plant them so that they can have a home of their own and no longer be disturbed. Wicked people will not oppress them any more, as they did at the beginning, and have done ever since the time I appointed leaders over my people Israel. I will also give you rest from all your enemies. The Lord declares to you that the Lord himself will establish a house for you. When your days are over and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, your own flesh and blood, and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father, and he will be my son. When he does wrong, I will punish him with a rod wielded by men, with floggings inflicted by human hands. But my love will never be taken away from him, as I took it away from Saul, whom I removed from before you. Your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. Nathan reported to David all the words of this entire revelation. So David has peace, finally. David, who has been a shepherd, who has fought in the army, who has spent many years running from the king, who then spent years as king over Judah, but not over the rest of Israel, was fighting with Israel. Finally, he's king of Israel as well. He's defeated his enemies, and he has peace. And his thoughts turn as he rests in this beautiful palace built for him by the king of Tyre with the cedars of Lebanon. Why is it that the Ark of the Covenant doesn't also have a house. Why is it that the Lord doesn't have a temple? And David starts to think, maybe I should build a temple. And he goes to Nathan the prophet, and it's interesting to see that Nathan the prophet is the closest advisor to the king at this point. And keep that in mind for four chapters later from now. And we'll come back to this chapter in four chapters. And so David says, I told you to do what seemed right, but God spoke to me and says, no, you're not going to build me a temple. But your son will build me a temple, and I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to bless the people through you, and I'm going to make your line last forever. This, again, is good news. Things are going well for David. Again, we're in this period of time where David has been faithful to God, and God has been faithful to David. 
And so David prays and says, Then David went in and sat before the Lord, and he said, Who am I, sovereign Lord, and what is my family, that you have brought me this far? And as if this were not enough in your sight, sovereign Lord, you have also spoken about the future of the house of your servant. And this decree, sovereign Lord, is for a mere human? What more can David say to you? For you know your servant, sovereign Lord. For the sake of your word and according to your will, you have done this great thing and have made it known to your servant. How great are you, sovereign Lord? There is no one like you, and there is no God but you, as we have heard with our own ears. And who is like your people Israel, the one nation on earth that God went out to redeem as a people for himself, and to make a name for himself, and to perform great and awesome wonders by driving out nations and their gods from before your people, whom you redeemed from Israel? You have established your people Israel as your very own forever, and you, Lord, have become their God. And now, Lord God, keep forever the promise you have made concerning your servant and his house. Do as you promised, so that your name will be great forever. Then people will say, The Lord God Almighty is God over Israel, and the house of your servant David will be established in your sight. Lord Almighty, God of Israel, you have revealed this to your servant, saying, I will build a house for you. So your servant has found courage to pray this prayer to you. Sovereign Lord, you are God. Your covenant is trustworthy, and you have promised these good things to your servant. Now be pleased to bless the house of your servant, that it may continue forever in your sight. For you, sovereign Lord, have spoken, and with your blessing, the house of your servant will be blessed forever. David prays, and David is good at prayer. And one of the things I think we'll do next time is we're going to take a little break next week, and we're going to look at David in the other important place where we see an insight into David and to David's prayer life, too, as we see here, and that is Psalms. So we're going to take a little break from Second Samuel next week, and we're going to look at some of the Psalms of David that have been written during the events that we have been studying here in Second Samuel. And this is one of those prayers that made it out of Psalms and into Second Samuel, where David basically goes before God and realizes all that God has done for him. And he pours this out in praise to God, because as God pointed out to him through Nathan, he was just a shepherd. This is nothing that he would have expected. When he was born, people were hoping he would be a good shepherd. And that's really where their expectations were. They were hoping he would be healthy. They were hoping he would be good with a sling, maybe. But they were hoping he would be a good shepherd and maybe someday a good provider for his family. Instead, he has become king. He's become a king who his enemies fear and his people take joy in. And so David understands that this is something that he has because of what God has done for him. One of the things I like about David is David is very self-aware. Even as David becomes king, remember Saul was born in the same sort of humble circumstances. We find Saul in the first place plowing the fields. But Saul, by the time he becomes king, forgets who he was when God found him. And thinks of himself just as the king and as if that is his birthright, as if that is what he will always be and fights when God wants to put somebody else in the kingship. And we understand why he does it, but Saul was changed by being king. And so far in these chapters, David hasn't been so much. David remembers who he was and he remembers all that God has done for him. We go on 
in the next chapter, David's victories. In the course of time, David defeated the Philistines and subdued them. He took Methag Amam from the control of the Philistines. David also defeated the Moabites. He made them lie down on the ground and measured them off with a length of cord. Every two lengths of them were put to death, and the third length was allowed to live. So the Moabites became subject to David and brought him tribute. Moreover, David defeated Hadadezer, son of Rehob, king of Zobah, when he went to restore his monument at the Euphrates River. David captured a thousand of his chariots, seven hundred charioteers, and twenty thousand foot soldiers. He hamstrung all but a hundred of the chariot horses. When the Arameans of Damascus came to help Hadadezer of Zobah, David struck down twenty-two thousand of them. He put garrisons in the Aramean kingdom of Damascus, and the Arameans became subject to him and brought tribute. The Lord gave David victory wherever he went. David took the gold shields that belonged to the officers of Hadadezer and brought them to Jerusalem from Teba and the Berothai of towns that belonged to Hadadezer, David took great quantities of bronze. When Tu, king of Hamath, heard that David had defeated the entire army of Hadadezer, he sent his son Jeram to King David to greet him and congratulate him on the victory in battle over Hadadezer, who had been at war with Tu. Jeram brought with him articles of silver, of gold, and bronze. King David dedicated these articles to the Lord, as he had done with the silver and gold from all the nations he had subdued, Edom and Moab, the Ammonites and the Philistines and Amalek, and also dedicated the plunder taken from Adadezer, son of Rehob, king of Zobah. And David became famous after he returned from striking down 18,000 Edomites in the Valley of Salt. He put garrisons throughout Edom, and all the Edomites became subject to David. The Lord gave David victory wherever he went." David reigned over all Israel, doing what was just and right for all his people. Joab, the son of Zeruiah, was the king over the army. Jehoshaphat, son of Ahilud, was recorder. Zadok, son of Ahitub, and Amalek, the son of Abathar, were priests. Zeruiah was secretary. Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, was over the Carathites and Pelathites, and David's sons were priests. Again, during this period of time... David was faithful to God. David listened to God. David did what God told him to do, and he found victory. He found a string of success over all of the enemies that had plagued Israel for generations. These are not new enemies, but if you go back, for instance, to the book of Judges, you'd see many of these kingdoms already. And David not only subdues them, but he humbles them, and then he also limits their power. He hamstrings their horses. He kills their warriors. He puts Israel in a position that it has never been, strong against its neighbors. And all of this because he has been faithful to God and God gives him victory wherever he goes. And he's not doing this alone. He has these officials who are listed here. So again, when David is remembering God, all goes well. And keep that in mind as we move on through this book. With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to send an email to host at com, or leave a comment at thebiblestudypodcast.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Chris2x. And here at the 250th episode of the Bible Study Podcast, thanks so much for listening. Our world can feel chaotic and uncertain, but we don't have to live enslaved to fear. Christ has promised me and you his peace, and throughout Scripture has provided powerful tools and practical steps to help us experience greater freedom. 
I'm Jennifer Slattery, lead host of the Faith Over Fear podcast, inviting you to join me and my team as together we learn how to starve our fears and feed our faith. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com or wherever you access podcast content.